This is Bo Buchanan, Arizona Lodge Number 2, and I'm here speaking on the level with John Nichols. John, why don't you start out by telling me your full name, the name of your home, Blue Lodge, and any offices or titles you have connected to that lodge. Uh... My name is John Nichols. I am a member of Acacia Masonic Lodge number 42 in Avondale, Arizona. Uh, Two-time past master there and current Grand Lecturer for the Grand Lodge of Arizona. Oh, I didn't know you are current Grand Lecturer for the Grand Lodge of Arizona. Yeah. Um, any other, are you a member of any other Masonic organizations? I'm a member of the Scottish Rite, the York Rite, the Allied Masonic Degrees, the Knight Masons, the York Rite Sovereign College, the Societas Rosicruciana. Um, Anything you're not a member of? <laughs> there, there are a few of them. You're not a member of the Shrine. I'm we not, talked about I'm that. I'm not a member of the Shrine. Um, uh, there are a couple of other the other York Rite Invitationals that I'm not a member of yet, but, uh, but there's a good number of them. <laughs> so you're, you're pretty involved. We just, we just finished having lunch at Makayo's, one of my favorite places in Arizona actually to eat. Um, and one of the things you said over lunch is uh, you're taking a little break right now. Uh, got a lot going on family-wise, but you've already been in masonry now for 12 years. That is correct. I was uh, raised in November of 2003, um, and probably from 2003 all the way until 2014, uh, I was extremely active, uh, very, very active. But um, uh, I've had to cut back my activity only because of the... Uh, uh, the new young family, um, but uh, I'm slowly but surely kind of working my way back in uh, to a comfortable activity level right now. Did you get raised at Acacia? I did. Okay. And you said 2003? Correct. When did you first become aware of this thing called Freemasonry? Um, <clears throat> it's an interesting story. I remember I was spending the night at a buddy's house after a after a party we had had, and um, I woke up to my phone ringing, and it was my sister, so I ignored it. She called, <laughs> <laughs> she called again, I ignored it. She called again, and I ignored it. Uh, then my mother called me. Gotta answer mom's yeah, call. Yeah, <laughs> gotta answer mom's call. Um, and uh, she said that my dad's uncle had passed away. He was a very uh, highly regarded patriarch in the family. And she says, we're, we got to drive to Arkansas now. She's like, your, your bags are packed. Um, we're picking you up, and we're going to Arkansas. So I went to Arkansas, um, and at this funeral, there was a Masonic service. Oh. Uh, and I was, I was very intrigued by it, and I said, huh. And I found out that not only my dad's uncle, but all of my dad's uncles, uh, and just about every member, every male member of the family had been a Mason, uh, going back at least to the 1790s, at least that we could see from the gravestones that were there. Um, the only two male members that we could spot offhand that weren't members were my father and his father, um, they were both in the military and never really had much interest. On the way back to Arizona after that, we had stopped off at my mother's dad's uh, house, my other grandfather, who I knew at the time was a Shriner. I did not know that there was a connection between Freemasonry Shriner, and the Shriners. Yeah. Um, and I told him about the Masonic funeral, and he he took out his uh, his ritual book, which in Missouri the one that he had was the old school cipher. It wasn't the letter key, it wasn't full text, it was a cipher, so it was coded. And he gives it to me and he says, read that. And I got a few of the words, but I was intrigued immediately from this reading this code and all this. And uh, I saw around his house, there was Masonic stuff and shrine stuff all over the place. Um, and I left there thinking, this is something that I want to look into. About 
A month, uh, a few weeks later, my grandfather calls me and says the secretary of Acacia Lodge in Avondale will be calling you shortly. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Holy cow! Yeah. Um, and I, uh, about an hour later, and I remember this distinctly because I was about to, I was, it was a Friday night, and I was about to leave to go out and hang out with my buddies. My grandfather calls and says, well, the secretary is going to call you in about an hour. So I had to stay home. Um, the secretary called me. We spoke for about a good 45 minutes. And then the next Tuesday, uh, this was in January of 2003, I went to Acacia, met with the secretary for a good few hours. And then since then, uh, I had gone every Tuesday for years and years and years. That is an amazing yeah. story. <laughs> wow. Now, is that secretary still your current secretary? He is not. Um, okay. I know... I, I can't. I, I know he switched lodges maybe uh, <clears throat> once or twice. I still see him every once in a while. Um, so he's still active in some capacity. Okay. But, but not the same secretary. So you've been in the Acacia Lodge 12 years. You've gone up through the chairs. You were master of the lodge, you said, two years in a row. No, uh, 2009 um, and 2011. Two years, not two years in a row. Yeah. Um, did, did, has your grandfather ever been out here to visit with you to go to lunch? He, he came out once. Um, that he came out once in 2004 for my sister's wedding. We went to the lodge uh, because that was around the time of our annual barbecue. Um, it was over the weekend, so we didn't have lodge, but there were still brothers there that were preparing for the barbecue. So we went there. I showed him the lodge building. He met some of the brothers, um, and uh, and that was about it. But uh, so we, I didn't get to sit in the lodge with him here. I did get to sit in the lodge with him when I went to go and visit him in Missouri. And it was there that I found out that not only him, but all of his sons, my uncles, and his brothers, all the way up to I don't know how far back, are also Masons. So wow. the family on both sides was very saturated with membership, but I never knew about it. That's amazing. That is really neat. So you discovered this family history. What else, what else drew you in and made you want to join this other than your family history? Uh, I was intrigued. Well... I was intrigued from a historical perspective. Um, I, uh, I, the, the very little that I had heard intrigued me historically for, uh, you know, kind of the who's who, uh, uh, that were members of the fraternity. Um, and on top of that, I always had an affinity towards symbolism, um, towards something that wasn't understood on the surface. Uh, something that provided uh, uh, an element of, of intrigue and investigation uh, and interpretation, at least personally. So the the whole package initially for me was was very interesting, and uh, and I grew up. Well, no, I didn't grow up, but but I would say I was very comfortable with ritualized things. You know, I had uh, I had been a martial artist since I was five. Um, uh, I was a military buff, so ceremony, ritual, pomp, circumstance, all that sort of thing was very, very appealing to me. Is there uh, any, speaking of ceremonies, those kinds of things, are there any, any memories that really stand out to you since you've been in Mason, any ceremonies or visitations you've done or anything like that that really stand out? Um, let's see. There are a lot of... There was a moment in my first degree that I will never get my that that I will never get the picture out of my head. It was very um, uh, it was very moving, uh, and it, it was it was pretty much when I saw the master for the first time, and uh, that was it, it was a very powerful mental image that I have. But as far as memories go, there, of course there are always the funny ones. 
we we always remember it's kind of like a wedding if something doesn't go wrong then it's not really memorable so we have these you know these little gaffes and little trip ups that that provide us with you know funny stories for years to come um but i've seen degrees through all realms of masonry uh that have been moving in total but i tend to think of folks who perform well like whether it was this charge or that apron lecture or this degree lecture or you know this you know king solomon it was uh i I tend to remember those specifically if i have to think about it but there's been many can you tell me a funny story or something that comes to mind that uh uh nothing they would they would probably it's a little bit too ritual specific okay um but I'll, i'll give you an example of of two two performances that I thought stood out and I wrote about this in my last Arizona Masonry article. I don't think it's been printed yet though. I saw two separate EA charges done by two different brothers uh, in two different times that were utterly, you know, just brilliant. The first one was, it was done by a brother who is a homicide detective. Um, He's a first sergeant in you know, the army reserves. And the, when he was speaking, you could tell, you know, he was coming with a, a very strong air of authority, you know, and it was true. It was genuine. It was, it was, this was him speaking to you and all of his training, everything that made up his character was coming out in this charge. So you knew when you heard it, this wasn't a guy who was repeating something he memorized rotely. This was, he, he, he was able to express these words as if he had written it himself and it was it was brilliant. It was it was when that happened. I was like, that is hands down the finest charge I've ever seen. I want to see it, man. <laughs> <laughs> the second one was uh, done by a brother who was in his very early twenties, uh, kind of a kind of a shy guy. He was an educator by trade, very bookish, um, and he was delivering the charge to his friend who was also uh, in his early twenties. And the way he delivered it, he delivered it as if they were sitting on a couch. In, in an apartment, you know, discussing some very important personal revelation. You know, it was very intimate, very personal. And again, you could tell it was it was just coming from the heart. It was coming from the heart, and it was truth. You know, and and I had analyzed because they, and they couldn't be more different than each other. The presentations, and and I would I would always think, you know, what made this so special? And it just comes down to you know telling the truth when you're performing this. You know, to 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 express the ritual as if you wrote it yourself and you know this is from me to you and i think about all the other great ritualists you know and we all know them all over the state you ask anybody like oh yeah i know that guy he does this fantastically well you think about well why and it has less to do with his ability to memorize or to repeat it's more about how he how he embodies that ritual physically and and expresses it and you can tell it's 100 percent genuine 100 percent real uh and he's truly made it a part of his life uh so it's those little instances that that i always think of when i think of great ritual or at least memorable ritual you know when you're when you're talking about the young man who was sitting there delivering that charge like he was sitting on the couch i think one of the one of the things that is appealing to me in masonry is this sense of brotherhood that we get that i hear a lot of military guys say that's one of the reasons why they come in mm-hmm. is is there anybody who who you've made that kind of connection with since you've been in masonry who stands out and maybe has really affected your career as a mason uh absolutely i have i can't tell you how many great great friends that i've met um uh 
in masonry and through masonry, uh, a lot of my lodge brothers, uh, my own home lodge brothers at Acacia, I could say that to, or say that about, I should say. But, um, and it goes back to, it goes back to what it means to join a lodge or, or, or the kind of values or, or, or characteristics you're looking for, you're looking for a candidate when he joins. One of, uh, a brother who I very much respect uh, said this to a candidate who was, who was joining the lodge during the investigation committee. He said, uh, he said I, will not, I will not vote in the affirmative for you unless I feel I could trust you with my kids. Hmm. He says, that is my standard. Um, so in that respect, I have to know you. You have to know me. You know, we have to take this time together to, to, to get to know each other, get to know our aspirations, our goals, our fears, our, our uh, intentions, our expectations, you know, and, and, and truly get to know somebody. And you do that for six months or however long, you know, the candidate wishes to take before he turns in a petition. And by the time they're ready to go in, you're initiating a friend. You know, you're initiating a guy who, you know, you've been camping with or shooting with or, you know, you go bowling or you play cards or, you know, you have fight nights every month. You know, a, a guy who, who you've really become close with. Not even considering anything to do with masonry. You're already very, very good friends and very, very close. Um, and it's that kind of attitude that I've seen permeate at least maybe the last seven years or so at my home lodge that is, is, is really producing fantastic friendships. And I think the reason why we were pushing towards that is because those guys who I became truly, truly close to, uh, it was, it was, a, it was after a similar manner. We got to know each other as men, um, got to trust each other, uh, and that, that kind of spilled into everything we did Masonically. Anybody who stands out to you that you want to name as a role model, somebody who embodies those ideals of Freemasonry that we look up to, any of the, who I like to call the gray hairs, or not even, <laughs> not even gray hairs, just somebody who has really made uh, an impression on you? Um, there are a few. Uh, one of them uh, was my mentor, Pete Fadley. Uh, he was uh, master of Acacia like six or seven times. He was truly the backbone um, of that lodge for many, many years. He, he taught me a lot of great values. Uh, but there are men like Jim May, um, whose expertise and skill uh, is, is unsurpassed in, in many ways, and he's always very readily available. Um, you know, and and guys, that, guys that truly, truly work with service in mind, you know, guys like Bill Gerard, um, you know, some of our past grandmasters, uh, John Amidon, you know, J. Michael Ashley, you know, you know, these guys, they, they, they do so much and you have to really think about, well, you know what, okay, these guys have regular lives, you know, <laughs> in addition to all the in stuff they do for the brother, you know, and they, and they do it selflessly. Um, uh, but, but there's, if, if I could think about it for an hour, I could probably list about a hundred men who, who I could show you are exemplar masons, um, and when, where, you know, they know guys like Daryl Mandrell, um, who's a DDGM, you know, Carl Melton, Eric Hanna, uh, you know, Josh Cuevas, you know, these guys are, are, are in the midst of, of building Freemasonry for the future and they're doing just an excellent, excellent job. Uh, so whenever I see that, it inspires me to work that much harder, 
you know, um, that much more selflessly, uh, because I think that example just kind of reciprocates itself. Is there, is there anything different about the fraternity than you expected when you got into it? Um, yes. Uh, and we kind of mentioned this at lunch. I think the, I, I wasn't aware of the politics, uh, that are involved with the fraternity. However, um, I think if you are involved in any organization at a, at a level in which you can be active, um, you will get politics, whether it's, you know, your work or, you know, any volunteer organization, there will always be politics. So that was surprising only because I wasn't, I had never been involved, uh, uh, in any sort of, uh, uh, political arena, uh, with any volunteer organization. Um, but there is so much there is so much within masonry that allows for growth and exploration um that where you can sit back and say well yeah you know when i you know i was a changed man from now until when i first joined um whether it's uh you know an understanding of of symbolism or you know uh, uh, uh blossoming an interest in esoterica or or academic research or anything like that it provides a platform for a plethora of interest to be deeply explored um and it's almost never ending that was one of the things that i discovered about masonry that i enjoyed about it i will never stop learning about masonry whether it's uh it's on an exoteric level or an esoteric level whether it's a uh, you know, contemplation of the application of a symbol or its physical application in real life. Um, I think that's one thing that wasn't realized when I joined only because I wasn't able to realize it at the time. You know, so, so you mentioned being a changed man. Has masonry changed you? Absolutely. Um, and and, and uh, I have, I have, I can honestly say I've become more tolerant. Um, I've become more discerning. Um, I've become less quick to judge, and this is this is with everything. I've become more uh, more um, inquisitive, more curious. Uh, I've learned to I've learned the value of work for work's sake, as it were. Um, uh, and I think it it goes in tandem with with just growing as a young man into an adult because when I joined the fraternity I was a young man very immature um so as I was growing in that respect and applying what I learned in masonry um granted there were some rough years you know there's some growing pains but when you're able to wake up and say oh you know this is how much I've changed this is you know uh uh you know the length that I've gone with this study uh it can be pretty palpable but uh I would say just perception, you know, my, my perception on things, I'm less quick to judge, less quick to offer an opinion, more, more, uh, apt to help more, um, uh, more willing to, uh, to help others. Um, that sort of thing, I think. I think that's a universal, uh, if you're really growing and learning as a person, that's what a lot of people get from, from Mason. Sure. Sure. I don't doubt it. Any, any closing thoughts or any other stories you want to share? Um, well, I'm sure we could go for hours on <laughs> on stories, but uh, uh, I will say that um, I think Freemasonry is is joining Freemasonry was the most important and most beneficial decision I've ever made in my life. Wow! Um, it uh, it's something I can't truly express, and and 
when people hear, you know, well, the, the benefits of masonry are ineffable or they're inexpressible um, or they're different for everybody, I, I, I think that's 100% true. Um, and and the, go-to, the, the go-to line is, you know, you get out of it what you put in it, which sounds simplistic um, and almost sounds uh, kind of, uh, I don't know, banal, but nail but uh it uh it's 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 truly a fact and i think when you see yourself working for work's sake and doing what's right because it is right um you will you will find a peace of mind that i don't think you've ever experienced before and it's something it's 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 not formulaic it's not a recipe it's just you know get out and do the work um, you know, it has nothing to do with titles, it has nothing to do with grades or medals or degrees or, or certificates or anything like that. It's, you, you just have to go out and do the work. When you see that done, when you, when you can see progress, when you see growth, when you see yourself becoming a happier person by helping others um, and seeing work being done, and say if you can apply that to your 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 regular vocation or your family life or whatever, if you take that a similar selfless attitude, um, then that peace of mind will follow you there as well. And I think that's one of the lessons in Freemasonry that I never realized. It was as much energy as I was putting in Masonry and working, uh, you know, for the benefit of my lodge, for the benefit of others, <coughs> because I enjoyed it. Uh, if I focused that as much as I did, you know, in, in the other areas of my life, would, uh, I would have just as I would have the exact same benefits, and that has shown itself to be true. All right, John. Thank you for taking time to talk to me today. I appreciate thank it. Thank you, brother. Bo, this is great.